Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing today in our studies in the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we are here in chapter number 4, and we've been studying here verse number 10, which says, And indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. And so as we've been looking at this verse you know, last week we started looking at the issue of the Apostle Paul talking about how him, Silas, and Timothy were beseeching the individuals who are in Thessalonica. We looked at how that word beseech, that the meaning of it is essentially to beg someone to do something, and how that idea runs through the dispensation of the grace of God and is really in contrast to what we see in the things of the law program of how the law had a number of requirements that somebody had to do in order to earn and maintain their salvation and how you know, there was a true fear that if they weren't doing the right things, that there would be problems that would come up with them and they would have to face the chastisements that would come from God. And last week we looked at how, you know, in some of the verses where the Apostle Paul uses this idea of beseech because, you know, one, we're not facing the things of that wrath. Two, we know we have that guarantee of our salvation because we've put our trust in the gospel message for today, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. We know that once we've put our trust in that message, that we've been sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, and that there's nothing that can be done that's going to take away from that salvation. We cannot lose it. Now, what we're going to do today is look at some more of these issues of where that word beseech is actually used in Paul's epistles by the Apostle Paul. We're going to start over here in the book of 2 Corinthians. We're going to turn to chapter number 6. And we're going to read here verse number 1. Which says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. And how, as Paul is speaking to these individuals in Corinth and looking at the aspect of how there's a begging that they haven't received the grace of God in vain. And that's one of those things that sometimes you can see individuals really doing because they end up, you know, using grace as 
you really a license to say, well, you know what, it doesn't matter what I do because now that I'm saved, you know, I can just go and do anything I want, even though we know that what the Apostle Paul records for us, the fact that when he talks about the fact of, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, there was Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, and most individuals who understand the grace of God you know, know verses 8 and 9 very well, and they can probably quote them by heart of the issue of that our salvation is by grace through faith, it's not of works, as any man should boast. But they don't really focus on the aspect of verse 10, that God wants us to walk in good works. God wants us to demonstrate the grace of God. That's why you see in this passage in 2 Corinthians that we're looking at that Paul is having to beg them that they would not receive the grace of God in vain. That they would follow through with that aspect of making all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. That they would help individuals to receive salvation and come unto the knowledge of the truth. That they would do all of the things that have been instructed of them that God wants for the members of the body of Christ to be doing today in this dispensation. Now, let's turn for our next passage related to this. Let's go over to, we're here in 2 Corinthians. Let's turn now to chapter number 10. And we're going to read here. We'll read the first two verses of the chapter. And it says, Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Now, we see how, as Paul is writing this, that he brings up, you know, twice in in this sentence, the issue of that he's beseeching them, and we see how this beseeching is related to the aspect of that he's, you know, as he's going to be coming to deal with them, that he's beseeching you know and you see, see the first verse I beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ you know that there's an aspect of you know when he's writing unto them and he's seeing the various mistakes that they're making that you know he's being bold in his correcting of them and you know in some ways you could almost say that he's scolding them for what they're doing and what he's begging is that when he finally comes and is there with them that he's going to be able to demonstrate that love towards them that the scriptures would say should be present 
when we're dealing with individuals. That's what he's beseeching with them. Now let's turn over to Galatians chapter number 4. We're going to see another aspect of this beseeching here as he's writing to this assembly in Galatia. And we're going to read here verse number 12 of Galatians 4. It says, Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am. For I am as ye are. Ye have not injured me at all. So, as he's writing to them, and focus on this aspect of, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. That there's a an aspect of, you know, how they were looking at some things and you know he's he has some and you see the very next verse talks about an infirmity in the flesh that the whole aspect of what is going on is shifting a focus from the things of the physical things to the spiritual things and that's why it's that aspect of you know I am as ye are, and that they're to be the same way, you know, and it gets into those things of where we we see how, you know, over and over again in Paul's epistles, he's having to give these instructions about how individuals need to be following the pattern that the Apostle Paul is setting out for them, and we're going to see even in the very next verse that we're going to look at related to this beseeching that we're going to have again as the Apostle Paul is writing to another assembly, him begging them related to these things. So let's turn over to that one, Ephesians chapter number four, and we're going to look at the very first verse of the chapter here which says I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called now the book of Ephesians is an interesting book because what you have in the epistle is the first three chapters are really where Paul is giving them all of this doctrine that they need you know, so, you know, it's really kind of becomes doctrine, 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 doctrine being laid out. And then all of a sudden, once you hit chapter four, you see how there's a shift that even as he's giving some doctrinal things, that the aspect of how it is that the doctrine is going to live out of an individual's life. And that's why it's the aspect of you know beseeching that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. So the very beginning of the shift in how the Apostle Paul is laying things out in this epistle begins with the aspect of him having to beseech or beg them to do something, which is the fact that he's beseeching that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. So tying back in with you know the verse that we had read out of this epistle about how they were to, you know, in chapter two, verse ten, that aspect of, you know, 
you're created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And then you see how he's having to beg them that they would walk worthy of the vocation. So continuing on in that thought process, but then you're going to see how as you go through Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, that there's all of this, you know, just do this, do this, do this, don't do this, and how that this is what they need to have going on in their life. If they're going to walk worthy of that vocation, where if they're called, we know that and there's all sorts of titles that describe the vocation that we're called in. And we're not going to really focus on that aspect of things today. Now, let's continue on here. Let's turn over to the book of Philippians. And we'll go to Philippians chapter number four. And we're going to see how there's going to be, at, in this section, as the Apostle Paul is closing out this epistle, we're going to see how he's going to be naming a couple individuals here in verse 2, which says, I beseech Iodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. So you have these two individuals, Iodius and Syntyche, that the Apostle Paul has found out that there's some conflict between them that's going on. He identifies that they've labored with him in the gospel in the very next verse. He never says what the conflict actually is. All he can say is that he's beseeching that they be of the same mind in the Lord. You know, and that's really where when we talk about that aspect of you know the things of the unity, what it is that unifies us as the members of the body of Christ and where our focus is supposed to be, our focus is supposed to be on the heavenly things and the information that we find out from the word of God. And that's how we have that same mind in the Lord. The end of 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse 16, Paul identifies that we have the mind of Christ. We already have that as a present possession because we have a completed word of God. We have all of the information that God wants for us to have today. We have the instructions on how it is that we are to utilize the word of God. Because the Apostle Paul tells us to study the shoe thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. So we have the information on how it is that we are to be studying the word and taking it in to make sure we have that transformation, that renewing of the mind occurring so that way we can be of that same mind. Now, in this same epistle here in Philippians, if you turn back into chapter 2, 
you see how Paul speaks about that Timothy was like-minded with the Apostle Paul. And that's why he's holding him up as, you know, I know I can send him in my place to various areas because I know that he is like-minded. He knows that Timothy has this same information and same understanding of things and it's not going to, you know, have a thing of where I, I send him and they're not getting what they need by him going there. He knows that Timothy is going to give them the exact same thing that the Apostle Paul would give if he went there. Now, we know we've been looking here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. We're not going to go back to that verse that we've been looking at. But I do want to go in 1 Thessalonians. So let's go to chapter number 5. And we're going to see you know, a verse that we'll eventually get to here in verse number 12. Which says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. So, what he's beseeching them is the fact of that they would know each other. He's beseeching that they would, you know, and the only way that you can know individuals is by the fact that you are spending time with them, that you are around these individuals, that you're having fellowship with them, so that way you can be able to know them and have that relationship with them. And you know, a lot of times it's hard for that to always happen because you know when you have you know a local assembly, you know, it's not always a thing that people always live right by each other. You know, that you know, individuals that you know might be driving 45 minutes in one direction to get to the assembly and someone else is driving 45 minutes from a completely different direction. So if they were going to have fellowship at various times, think that someone might have to drive an hour, hour and a half just to be able to spend some time with that other individual. And that can create, you know, those barriers to say, well, you know, I'm, well, I kind of know them when they're there and you know maybe I talk with them every once in a while on the phone but I'm not really spending a lot of time with them to get to know them and that's where you see the apostle Paul having to beseech that this is something that is really needed to have happen of where and it's everyone's responsibility to do this you know this is not just well you know, the leaders of the assembly should do this and everyone else is kind of off the hook. The Apostle Paul is speaking of this, of that it's everyone's responsibility to have this occur. Now let's turn over. We've got a couple more passages that the Apostle Paul uses this idea of beseech. Let's turn over to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. And we see here, we're going to read the first couple verses it says that now we beseech you brethren by the coming of our lord jesus christ and by our gathering together unto him 
that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as Hermas, as that the day of Christ is at hand. So you have Paul speaking to these saints in Thessalonica, and you see how there was some things going on that had troubled them, and the fact that you know some of that trouble even came from the fact that they received a letter that seemed to be written by the Apostle Paul that said the day of Christ was at hand. And the fact that them saying this, that it was causing this confusion with them. And you know, we're not going to get into a lot of the doctrinal things of what that day of Christ is. That's coming up, you know, in a few more verses as we start getting further into our study of First Thessalonians chapter number 4. But we see how Paul is begging them that they're not going to be troubled this because he's going to give them the information that's going to show that the day of Christ could not possibly have been at hand as he was writing that epistle because there's a couple things that actually have to happen that he lays out in verse number three and four that have to occur before the day of Christ can happen. Now let's turn over to the book of Philemon. We're going to look at the last passage here related to this word beseech in verse, verses 9 and 10 of the book of Philemon. It says, Yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such an one as Paul the aged and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten, in my bonds. Now, we see here the book of Philemon really is a book that shows how it is that the grace of God is really working out in the lives of individuals. If somebody has applied all of the doctrine that has been given to us preceding that book, the book of Philemon is the perfect picture of grace working out. And you see how Paul is saying that he's be, that he has to beseech, you know, Philemon related to Onesimus and you know all of the things that had gone on related to what Onesimus did. That Paul's saying, I'm going to beseech, I'm going to beg you for, you know, thing of and beg you that you demonstrate the grace that you should demonstrate towards him. You know, because, and he identifies the fact he's my son begotten in bonds, that the Apostle Paul had, had preached and you know, provided salvation to Onesimus. And now, you know, Paul is going to be sending Onesimus back over to Philemon, and he's begging him that he treat him as a member of the body of Christ and everything that would happen would be according to that viewpoint of Onesimus being a member of the body. Now, all of those passages, we see how you know Paul really could have just commanded an individual, but he's begging an individual to say, 
live the life that God has intended, demonstrate that grace in the manner that grace should be lived out in our lives according to the doctrine that's there. And you see how, you know, and it's almost every epistle that Paul is using that term to deal with an individual and say, this is how you should be living that life. Now, we're going to continue on with this verse next week. And as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have some you know, previous you know, audio files of messages to help you in your study of the Word. We have you know, information on how to you know, join our Sunday services live on Facebook, our Wednesday night Bible study live on Facebook. And as always, if you're ever in the Buffalo area, we would love to have you come fellowship with us. And as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone, keep fighting that good fight of faith preaching this message to this lost and dying world.